friends! Welcome to episode 87 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. Happy Listener Appreciation Day! Yes, very much so. And uh, happy holiday. Happy holiday. And almost happy new year. Is it it a happy new year? I don't know. We'll find out in a couple days here. We'll find out if it's going to be a happy new year. We're we're hoping. From from our conclave, it it will be a happy new year. Yes. We are looking forward to uh, finding what the new gaming normal is going to be. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully finding out that conventions will be able to do things. Yeah. And uh, what the new year brings. So what new yeah. stories we'll find. If, uh, if if conventions become a thing, I, you might you might be able to drop, you know, to, to, to drag me to one or two. Okay. You know, I'm not generally the convention person. I know. I but, know. Uh, People, big things. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to expand my horizons. So, I think it's but, a great idea. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the future what the future holds, and uh, keeping our fingers crossed for yeah better things coming forward. Did you get any gaming stuff for your holiday? Uh, I I didn't really. Um, okay. We didn't really do the uh, holiday stuff. We're not typically. We're not really big holiday people. Okay. Um. Uh. You know. I'm. Uh, I'm I'm you Wiccan. Get what you need. Yeah, I'm I'm Wiccan, so I don't like to make a big deal out of Christmas or anything like that. Uh, so I just don't, you know. Uh, but what I what I did have for um for the holiday was I had my game. Okay, yeah, which was great. Um, so I had my friends there, and yep. we played D and D. So that was that was my gaming gift. Yes, you know? and it was wonderful. I think it I think it went pretty well. Yeah, you're well. you're you're really enjoying Foundry, which is great. Yeah, it's good to see that, and your incorporating of your music and tone really was helpful. Um, I, I think you're coming into your own with Foundry and I like it. I like, I like the, where it's going. It's, it's allowing me, um, easy access to multimedia, uh, you know, production stuff, which is, I think where I, where I excel. Yeah. You know, my, my love of miniatures and mm-hmm. my love of building terrain and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, pre, pre pandemic, those of us who were looking on Instagram saw me building some pretty elaborate terrain sets and stuff like that. Yes. Um, but uh, Foundry kind of allows me to still do that mm-hmm. in my games. With that, between Dungeon Draft, Dungeon Fog, um, and some ch- chicanery up in uh, Foundry, yep. allows me to do some really interesting stuff. So I still ha- I still get my flair for the dramatic, and uh, uh, it feeds that. Yeah, I got my game coming up on Sunday. Yep, yep, yep. So just after the new year. Looking it's been a little longer than I've wanted it to be, but, you know, all kinds of holidays and things came up. Um, so, but, uh, again, running at Foundry should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a couple of maps I got to throw together in there, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I like it as a system. It's been, it's a good kind of level point that I've come to with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, also just looking into some of the new ideas we have for shows for this next year is interesting and, and just ideas we have for next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one of which is that, uh, we are going to, uh, be reaching out to, to more, shall we say, uh, not only sponsors, but like different avenues for ideas. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we, you may see some new stuff coming up. We'll see how much, uh, energy our next meeting brings and, uh, and where we want to be. Uh, but, uh, one of the things that uh, we did have one of our listeners help uh, discover was we made a connection with uh, Elderwood Academy. Yeah. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with them, they are a a fine crafter of gaming gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly dice vaults is what they call them. They're magnetic sealed, uh, very beautifully uh, crafted wood and leather uh, appointed uh boxes for your dice and mm-hmm. rolling surfaces. Um, I actually got one for Vic um, back uh, when I went to Gen Con. Uh, they had a, uh, at that time it was brand new, they had a uh, dice box, uh, dice vault that was uh, big enough that it had a big tray in it for play, for rolling, yeah, as pretty, well as a, good a board on it that you could write on the inside. It's like, what, seven or eight inches or something like that? Yeah, about yeah, that. Um, you know, like a small journal size. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the outside of it was done up in leather, uh, blue leather, and it was done as a police box, the uh, Doctor Who police box. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I, yep. she's she's a huge Doctor Who fan, and I got that for her, and she's loved it and used it constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and funny enough, I, I'd never gotten back to get something for myself, of course, you know, because I'm terrible about getting things for myself. Uh, but then uh, about uh, a little over a month ago, uh, we had uh, some people reach out to us and uh, uh, one of the friends of the show 
and we ended up with a a bunch of product to review. And so, uh, actually, next show we're going to be talking about tools and uh, things, and we're going to actually talk a little bit more about Ellerwood stuff. But we thought, after we were done kind of looking at everything and getting our write-ups done, we would share this with you guys. Yeah. So uh, we actually have a number of pieces from them that we will be doing in the giveaway today. Um, and they are quite nice. Um, I know not a lot of people have had a chance to do face-to-face gaming, but uh, having a nice uh, dice vault uh, with the, and the mini ones come with dice, um, which are nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a couple other pieces we have, I uh, thought would be good to do as our giveaways. Yeah, absolutely, so, absolutely. Uh, and they're, they're they're great little they're great little travel things too. So you know if you're if you're going on a trip or something like that, or you know if you just don't want to cart a bunch of gaming peripherals around, these are these make it very portable. Mm-hmm. Um, they've all got uh, uh, rare earth magnets on the inside. Yeah, uh, they're they're really strong. Ne- neodymium magnets. I, I think so. I, f- I forget how you pronounce that. But, yeah. Uh, little uh, little magnets on the inside. Uh, very very strong magnets that yeah. hold these things together. You got to get put a little elbow grease to get them to get them open. Um, yeah. So. No real, uh, no real threat of them just like popping open and disgorging your dice everywhere. You exactly, know? exactly. And uh, the mini vaults themselves are actually almost palm sized. They could fit in the palm of your hand. They have have got a keychain hanging mm-hmm. on them. Uh, but uh, they are etched um, with a couple different designs. I'll show you guys what those are as we're we're doing the giveaways. Um, but they're they're really nice quality. Like they're high quality woodwork, uh-huh. and I love seeing that kind of stuff. And and the guys over at uh, guys over at Elderwood are just just great too. <laughs> they're, they're great fun. They they're, really they're are. Real, they're real great. So <laughs> the, you know the the, the the bit we've had to, to to be able to talk to them about the products and stuff like that. So it's uh, just just a great bunch of people over there. So yeah, um, so yeah, this year uh, I kind of want to give people a little bit of time to get in to chat, but uh, it's been a neat year. Yeah. Overall, besides like the pandemic and everything else, I mean, as far as the conclave goes, we've we've done eighty-seven episodes since we started. Eighty-seven. We episodes. pounded through this year here in mm-hmm. this space, mm-hmm. and it's just worked. Yeah. Which is nice. We've stayed healthy, which is fantastic. Yes. Yes. You know, despite some part. sniffles. Yeah. <laughs> for the <laughs> here, most part. Here and there, and then of course the anxiety thereafter of like, yeah. is is this just the sniffles or you know. Yeah. So, uh, but we, we saw that some people had thrown some questions, uh, to get started, which is nice. We appreciate starter questions. Those help all the time. Um, so let's do a starter question and then we'll do a giveaway. All right. Great. Um, let's start with Knox. All right. Um, cause, uh, Knox is our, our resident hype man. Resident hype man. We yes. loved that. It was fantastic. So when it comes to homebrew or tweaking content, how exactly can we make sure we're playtesting our systems effectively? Should we leave tools and systems for players to create, uh, recreate tropes because we expect them to, or does that hinder players' creativity? That's interesting. Like, I, I see where you're kind of going with it. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a really good question. Um, so, when it comes to homebrew or que- tweaking content, how can we make sure we're playtesting our systems effectively? Um, Let's start there. I think that's important. Yeah, it's, it's a definitely a very good two-part question. Um, so... Uh, as far as playtesting and stuff that goes, uh, I'll be dead honest with you. This is always a huge source of anxiety for me. Um, anybody who's been watching the Discord saw that uh, there was a uh, conversation that took place between me and one of the representatives who dropped in on us from uh, 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 Pinnacle yeah. about Savage Worlds. And so I had a bit of a discussion with him and, you know, saying like, you know, I, I, I generally tend to want to play the game as intended. Yeah. Simply because I trust the developers to have balanced it, you know? Right, right, right. I'm the same way with video games, too. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, you got to load all these mods for Skyrim. It's, you know, they do this cool stuff. And I'm like, do I have to load mods? Like, I don't, I kind of don't want to alter the game experience because, like, I don't want it to throw in a bunch of stuff that... that... <laughs> okay, look, that's different. You're giving me the stink eye right now because we're playing Minecraft modded in our free time now. But that's different. I'm that doesn't... Gonna... I'm just going to sit over here and, and, and look at chat because there's a lot of people talking. What I'm saying is I don't like it when somebody includes like, oh, yeah, here, uh, we, we had this mod that adds this sword that just does a ridiculous amount of damage. Fair. Okay. And so you get that and then you start one-shotting every enemy in the game, right? <laughs> yes, Overwatch arc. <laughs> so there's a, there's a big difference between quality of life mods and we changed the game balance mods, and which I, is what I'm getting I at. I think that is where you were going at. I was which trying is to help what you I'm get getting there. At, yes, <laughs> is changing the game balance is a, is, is a thing. And I generally trust the developers of their own games to have balanced their game systems. So yes. I don't like homebrewing when I can help it. 
Fair enough. D and D specifically, and especially the less the less familiar I am with the system, like for Savage Worlds, right? Um, the less comfortable I am to just start willy nilly altering that system and then thinking it's balanced. So, yeah. um, I think in, as far as tweaking content, I've kind of learned over the years, um, much like we had discussed in the past, is that when we tweak content, it's not so much tweaking the rules. And structure the system so much as we are changing terms. And if, for instance, I may say something is a you know like we were talking with division, which is a good example. Mm-hmm. We're just converting the words ma- you know this is a magical device into it's a gun. Yeah, it's it, it's, it, it's it's a, it's a highly te- technological device. Gun. Yeah, oh, that does a pseudo magical yeah. thing. Yes. It's a it's a floating auto turret. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Uh, there there are spells that do that exact thing. Let's just use that instead. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, it's got a, a technical life expectancy, and and it you know lasts this long or whatever. Uh, perfect, that that works mm-hmm. out. So, realistically, any time that you're going to do that, always be concerned about uh, about the quality that you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing, if you're home brewing, like we had talked in the past, when you take a home brew, is that find the one focus point that's important. Is story important in the game? Is your player's role playing important? Then find a system that fits that. Don't don't find a highly you know tactile system and change it. You yeah. know, like yeah. oh we're you know we're going to be doing moving minis all the time. That's not what you're focused on. Right. So right. so look for that focus point and move from there. Um, as far as leaving the tools in the system for players to recreate tropes. I always think when you're doing a story, especially a homebrew um, or an adaptive story, for instance, like, you know, you want to do your own Discworld game or something like that, mm-hmm. players should always have an idea of what you're expecting them to be in the story, right? That, you know, this story is about a bunch of guards, you know, mm-hmm. and so I'm expecting you guys to all be tropes of guards or, 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 or a, a character who's a sure, guard. Sure, You know, when I do my 7C games, you know, I'll I set the stage of... The scope, and I set that scope so that players can do what they want with it. I think beyond that, it's really up to them to do what trope they fit into, and then you know adapt around that a little bit with the story. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. Um, I mean, I've, I've got some other thoughts on this. Uh, like, but but I do want to just real quick address um, what uh, Knox in the live chat is actually saying. So it's just a game. Games are not holy things that shouldn't be messed with. Yeah. And I don't think homebrewing or not homebrewing is about it being sacred in some way and not wanting to alter it. But like right. to kind of give you a, a an a, an example of what I'm talking about is like somebody says uh okay, well can I there's no real rules that allow me to play um you know, I don't know, a, a, a sorcerer that turns into a dragon or something like that. I mean, I know there's draconic sorcerers. I'm just throwing this off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, So you want, or like a monk, maybe a monk that turns into a dragon, you know? Like, okay, cool. I think there was some unarthed arcana stuff or maybe something in Tasha's that did that. But Probably. Um, You know, so they, they say they, they throw out that idea. And you're like, okay, well, that, that seems feasible. Maybe we can throw together some rules and do that. But what... What typically I foresee happening, at least in my anxiety dreams about these sort of things, is that so you've first off allowed someone at your table to go outside of the established rules to do something. Okay, now that sets a precedent. Okay, so you have allowed person A to do it. Person B may want to do it as well. Okay, so mm-hmm. now you kind of have to allow everybody at your table to wiggle the rules to allow themselves to do these things. You can't say right. yes to no, yes, yes to one, and not no to, and no to another. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that unless you really have a good handle on the rules, anytime you homebrew something, it may look good on paper, but you may end up with that one rule interaction that allows them to, like, one-shot dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, because it says that anything huge or bigger or whatever does this, and I have this ability now, which was never intended because you homebrewed something. Right. And so I can just kill him essentially or teleport him out of some different dimension and we don't have to deal with him right and you're left at the table going like well that's not that's not what i intended when i allowed for this homebrew but rule as written and we all agreed on this that's kind of how it goes now yeah and then of course you've got those players who when they find out something like that works well, when you get a, get a nice big hammer, every solution starts to look like a nail. Indeed. And then they just start using that to get rid of all their problems. And you need to retcon stuff, and you need to start having some adult discussions between your players going, 
okay, I allowed you to do a thing, but I need to not allow you to do that thing anymore because it's screwing everything up and you risk the run of uh, hurt feelings yep. of, you know, well, I'm just trying to play my character the way that my character is supposed to be and you're telling me I can't play my character. So it it can get messy. You yeah. can you can open up a real rabbit hole with with homebrewing. So like I said, it's it's not it's not about it being sacred. It's just about it being a can of worms potentially, you know. Yeah. I think that was a good way of putting it. All right. I think we've had some fun discussion in here about things that got messed up over time. I, I, a PC as an enchanted weapon. Ooh. That like, in contr- who controls whoever's in possession of it. Oh, that's an interesting idea, actually. I'm not the player. I'm the sword. The sword is just the guy holding me. Right, or right, the, the right. Player's just a, the, the character is just the guy holding me. Right, right, right. And now, like, somebody else picks it up, and suddenly the the conscious chains. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of uh, Castiel from uh, Supernatural, if anybody's seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where he's actually just some guy, but the angel has been invited in. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's who he is, you know? Um. So Knox says, 10 different people will play the same game, but they won't all have the same experiences. So what does it matter if you change how the game was intended? You won't get intended regardless. I kind of see where you're going with that. You yeah. know, it's 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 going to be an individual game one way or another. Right. It It is subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it depends on your gaming group. I mean, I, I, I could probably get away with it in our gaming group. Mm-hmm. Because I know everybody, I'm comfortable with everybody, and I trust everybody to act like rational adults. I think that's a huge part of it. But I think not all gaming groups are created equal. Correct. And so, you know, especially if you're in something like Adventures. Well, I mean, you can't really do Homebrew and Adventures League because it's all standardized. But, right. You know, if you're, if you're doing I mean, you a, could do a, pick, a Homebrew story. What I'm saying, though, is if you're doing a pickup game, you know, with, with people you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. or with people who aren't mature adults or can't handle things like mature adults some people can take their role-playing games very seriously yeah to to the detriment of the group you yeah know? so yeah. Yeah, always be prepared always be prepared for that yep it's it's a, it's a challenge it's a challenge all right okay so we have our first giveaway all right um these were also sent with us from uh elderwood academy uh they call them a catapult kit I am calling it a dice-a-pult. Uh, this is for when you have dice that should go in a uh, a dice jail, uh, but they screwed up <laughs> way more, and they just need to be flung somewhere in the general vicinity of things. Uh, so for this one, um, if you are in live chat and you want to be part of this giveaway, uh, please put a... Uh, let's do D20. So type D twenty in the chat, and we will add you to it, and we will uh, give it a couple questions. Uh, give a couple seconds here, so you guys can all get queued up for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, these are laser etched into a single piece of wood, uh, so you can pop them out. It's really nice, actually. Yeah, really nice, really compact, yeah. e- easy to ship too, which will mm-hmm. be really nice for us to do. So yeah, yeah slip put the thing in an envelope. And... So slap D twenty in the chat, and uh, we will put you in the running for this. All right. Uh, well, uh, while we're waiting for that to come around. Do you want uh, Do you want to handle another question real yeah. quick? Or Sam had a pre-show question. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about using D2 to make decisions, a.k.a. flipping a coin? Um, I mean, I think it... I, I, I think it's just as random as anything else. Uh, the only problem is a, it's a, a, a sometimes too simple fate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with the right system, sure. I don't see a problem with it. I think you could definitely play a game like Paranoia. With like paranoia with a a D two, where like okay you come up to the you come up to the terminal, do you touch it? Uh, do do I have to make a roll for it? Kind of like a fate thing where I'm you know mm-hmm, I pull in the jingle mm-hmm. block. I'm like I don't know. You can do it. You get to walk through. <laughs> Flip the coin. Maybe maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it won't be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've I've never I've never really used the D two. Uh, typically, okay. typically I I will at least go for a D six. All right, and just you know one two three, you know high and low on it one two three four five six. Um, but uh, I don't think I've ever used a D two as like a game decision maker, like as a re- as a resolution. You know, I remember uh, a game master that I was playing with years ago when I first started playing. We were, we had a rules situation in palladium that wasn't really well written out uh-huh. 
And he was just like, uh, okay, heads it's this, tails it's this, and flipped a coin. Yeah, see, that's where I typically hear the coin flip, mm-hmm. is is not not for, like, actually deciding in-game events, like, yep. from a standpoint of, you know, uh, uh, d- does the trap go off or not, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a 50-50 chance, um, but more more from, like, the, you know, we can't agree on what the proper reading of the rule is. Sure. So let's just flip a coin and we'll hash it out later. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that's typically where I've heard it, but I don't think I've ever come down to it, though. Okay. Like, most times, like, we, we you, like, you and I. Had mm-hmm. a bit of a, a rule confusion. Yeah, uh, it was more more confusion. I I was ruling it one way. You were confused why I ruled it that way because yep. I think I wasn't communicating it well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in in the moment, you were like, "Okay, I I don't understand, but but it's fine. Just go on Keep with the story. Yep. Like it doesn't matter." Yeah. And then when we did go on break, I was like, "Hey, before we go on break, what was it you were trying to say to me during the game?" Yep. And you said, "Okay, well, I was confused about this and this and this." And I said, oh, okay, I understand. Here's what the adjudication was. Here's why I ruled it that way. And you were fine. Yep. But uh, that's typically that's typically what happens during my games. But I don't think I've ever used a coin flip. I, but I I'll mean, agree I, with Sam. I've flipped a coin for a character to make a decision on a character before. Like, really? do I play this character or do I play this character? Flip oh, the coin. I've oh, done which that. which character to play? Yeah, I've done that. Where, like, I've written up two different characters and everybody else has made their choices and nothing weighs out. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm, I can see mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Overwatch yeah. says, uh, also, coin flips make it really hard to factor in bonuses and negatives. Yeah, that is true. That is super true. Yeah, because any bonus literally offsets the entire die. Or the entire thing. Well, at this point, uh, we went through the question, and it looks like uh, the Mad Elf is getting it. So, this one is yours, Mad Elf. Alright, cool. Congratulations, All right. Mad Elf. Yeah, we're, we're going to go through these gifts pretty fast here, if this is the way things are going to go. So Yeah. Um, what are they? Two face? It's yeah. A, a, a D two is just a fancy way of saying a coin. Okay. Oh, what are they? Two? Fa- okay, I I gotcha. You're oh, making, sorry, that's he's making, funny. He's making the Batman joke. I sorry. All right. So this one is the uh, Dragon Dice Vault. If you got the picture for that one, you can put up. Yeah. Okay. Um. And again, these come with dice. So they're they're they're. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, these dice vaults are really nice. I'm gonna take a picture of you holding it so they yeah. can kind of get get a scale for the. Yeah, definitely. Cause gets gets you a scale for the dice and for loud. them. Um, so these are little keychains. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, it took a whole picture of my show sheet too. Huh. That's oh well. Funny. Well, you guys get to get to get all a preview of that then. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. With we have some of the questions up. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so if you are interested in uh, the Dragon Dice Vault, I think this is mahogany. This one's, or is this oak? Uh, I want to say it was mahogany or something like that. We got mahogany, yeah. a, a paduke, and a purple heart. Yes, okay. And I think that was the mahogany one. Yeah, and it's it's very, very nice. Uh, we'll uh, do, so you as you can see, it's 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 small. It's only about, like, two, two three inches, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But really good for just, like, a travel kit. Yeah. Um. So if you're not looking to lug all of your dice with you, you just want something nice and nice and cool, and it's uh, very decorative. Yeah. So that's going to be our second one. What do you want to do for that one in the in the uh, chat? Oh, we'll just we'll just do uh, 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 dragon. Type, okay. Type type dragon if you want to if you want to be in the in the giveaway for uh, for that that particular one right there. Yep. Um, <laughs> when 2d6 damage becomes a real thing that all depends I think 2d4 would be more damaging oh man the d4 have always been the caltrops of, always, of, the, dice, always. of, of the dice world like, That's a, that, that'll be a good uh, a good uh, question how many times have in uh, our community uh, have you stepped on a die well like post gaming not during a game session but like you've left a, like someone left a die out and you ended up stepping on it uh, I don't, I don't think I have a, I don't think I have a story for that, but I, I, ha- I have kind of a different story about losing your dice on the floor. Okay. Um, and this is one that, uh, one of our, one of our, our, our Patreons, uh, Sparkle Motion. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, a personal friend of mine, long, long time friend of mine, uh, since high school, uh, in fact. Uh, and, uh, so they and I have, uh, played together in this game a long time ago. We had mm-hmm. a mutual friend, um, and, uh, uh, who I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll call Tom for the sake of this. Uh, and, uh. So Tom was playing this uh, this character who was um, like a, like a ranger, you know, and he was mm-hmm. supposed to be like real eagle eyes, you know, um, sort of thing, really high perception check and whatnot. And uh, so my character was um, I was actually playing a lawful evil character at the time, 
Um, and so everybody was kind of like, why is this character such an asshole? Uh, because they, they, nobody actually asked me why I had a chip on my shoulder. They just understood that my character had a chip on their shoulder and then thought that they were a jerk. Um, so I was trying to make some effort to like personalize my character to the group. So they kind of understood that like, you know, why my character had these dark aspects to their character. Um, and so I was giving a speech. Mm hmm. And essentially ingratiating myself to all of the, the, the people in, in our inner party and saying like, okay, we've got a difficult task ahead of us. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a trial like we've had, we haven't had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, wizard, we're going to need your keen magical senses and, you know, grasp of the arcane right. to let us know when the unforeseen is, you know, uh, when, when the ephemeral is going to interfere with us. You know, okay. we're going to need your acrobatics, thief. Uh, mm-hmm. To get us into places where we ordinarily wouldn't be able to go. Okay. We're going to need your strength, warrior, mm-hmm. to, you know, persevere over over things that require might. And I turn to the character that Tom is playing, mm-hmm. who, again, like I said, is supposed to have an off-the-chart perception check. And he's digging around underneath his seat. Like, not even paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. And I go, his character's name was Quen, and I go, Quen? And he's like, hold on, I dropped my dice. <laughs> and I just kind of rolled with it in character. And I just went, <sighs> Quen. And he goes, what, they're clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's like awesome. That solved everything. So That's we just, awesome. I don't know. For some reason, we just got a big chuckle out of that because no, good old like eagle-eyed Quen can't find his damn dice. All right. Uh, roll that d6. Let's see who we got. All right. We got a two... Uh, okay, well, that's already been... So, it goes to... Let me do a list. Oh, that goes to Avendasora. Avendasora, alright. Yes, Congratulations, Avendasora. You get to enjoy a lovely dragon dice vault. Absolutely. Congratulations. Alright. Our next dice vault goes to... Is the, uh... Oh, uh, this is the purple wood. The purple one with the tree on it yes tree of life and so same size same 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 model so it's a small keychain sort of thing here uh but this one is a nice rich purple heartwood with the uh yggdrasil uh i think i think i'm pronouncing that more or less correct yeah Uh, the tree of life on there yes 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 um so uh again i think yeah i think the dice are the same in all of these i'm just gonna double check and as as i'm trying to pry Uh, open the bat the uh this thing without launching the dice in it. Yeah, yep. yeah they're all the same dice. Same, same yeah. dice. Okay, perfect. So uh, let's see this one because uh, I'm not going to make them try and spell that. Let's just do, do, do tree. Tree. So yep. if you're wanting to be on this one, tree is your uh, is your word for this one. So okay. Uh, so we're going to our next question here. Uh, Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, was there ever a show idea that you came up with that you took a hard pass on? Either touchy subject matter or no access to the proper resources, unfamiliarity with the topic, etc. Uh, any thoughts about reapproaching it? We had a few that were just challenging. Yeah. Um, I think when we first thought about doing um, the show that was on, um, uh, that we ended up pulling uh, Mad Elf in for, mm-hmm. uh, Matt. Um, we kind of were concerned about doing a show that had talked, that talked about, uh, like therapy and using mental illness, mental uh, illness and, you know, dealing or not dealing, I shouldn't say, but, uh, um, accommodating, accommodating players in those situations. And, and also just the whole X card factor of, you know, how to handle those situations better. Um, or even telling stories that are in challenging scapes. Um, and it's it was something that we were really careful and cautious about, but there's uh, kind of an extension of that show. Um, there's a uh, YouTuber uh, or a YouTube group, I should say. She's the face of it, but um, that is uh, How to ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I've I kind of really would like to reach out to her and do a show with her, mm. but it, it just because I and this year's been exceptionally hard for her. Um, and her whole team, uh, but she had, uh, she lost her mom earlier this year and it was her whole world. Uh, but she does such a great job of putting a legitimate and, and focused and thoughtful face to all of the scope of, uh, ADHD. 
and what it really means. And it opened up my eyes to a lot of things, and it still does every time she does another episode. Yeah. Um, so if, if you if you, if you really want a good look at it, um, I highly recommend her uh, her channel and checking that out. Um, but I would say uh, I've always wanted to do a show on um, on that, and it's it's a challenging show because it doesn't necessarily fit in the same topics of storytelling that we normally do Mm -hmm. and and i don't have a lot of knowledge on that and one of the hardest things that we have is trying to get people onto our show because we can't have people right now right right and doing remote chats and stuff like that because we do our recordings live makes it even more challenging so i think next year we're going to try to incorporate some of that but yeah i think that's that was one of them that really kind of sat with me. It's like Mm -hmm. i kind of want to explore that a little bit more but i'm not entirely sure thank thank you shibuji and there were there was a, a weird like thing that kind of popped up around that time because I remember um, there was the uh, God, I'm trying to remember what, it, what what they called it but it was like the the, the accessibility guide or something like that for like yes. the, the RPG accessibility guide or yeah something. yeah and it was just like a a, a list of of um, considerations essentially and there was yeah. there was like a um, a questionnaire for your players of like what their limits are as far mm-hmm. as storytelling goes. Are there any triggering sort of things that they don't want included in the, uh, uh, in the game and the story, you know, things like that. And I remember there being this weird political thing that like popped up where like a bunch of people were very against that mm-hmm. and saying like, you know, oh, well, you know, you're just a bunch of easily triggered snowflakes or something like that if you need to fill out a questionnaire because if, if D&D is too dangerous for you to play you know and when you sit down at the at the table you mm-hmm. uh you consent to anything like you know basically if you agree to play you agree to anything that goes on in that story and I'm like that's not how consent works no and that's not how common damn courtesy works that's like not how conversation works buddy you if, know if if someone at my table like I assume you know we, we we say it all the time assume everyone at your fr- at your table is your friend even if you just met them, you you operate with them as if they're your friend. And if your friend starts having a panic attack, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you look at them and go, well, you need to toughen up, buddy? Mm-hmm. Or or do you go, oh, crap, did I do something that gave you a panic attack? How do I not give you a panic attack? How can I stop the one that's already existing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't, I don't understand that. But I think, like, to answer, to, to bring it back around to Overwatch's question, I think any idea that we've had that has kind of strayed into those like political realms that really honestly shouldn't be political. Like I would love to do a, um, a show on like LGBT topics Oh yeah, and like inclusivity and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now as, as a, as a white person, I'm not sure I'm, I'm the person to talk to about racial, you know, inclusivity and stuff like that. Right. Um, but as far as like LGBT inclusivity, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at least a couple of those letters. Yeah. So I, I, f- I feel like I could authoritatively speak on that topic a little bit. But yeah. but at the same time, like, uh, there's a there's a part of me that gets really anxious about the topic because I wonder if it's more, you know, it's been so politicized mm-hmm. that I wonder if it's more trouble than it's worth. It's hard to tell sometimes. But then at the same time, if we lose, if, if, you know, if, if we lost listeners over it, would those be listeners we wanted in the first place? You know? Yeah. Do, do, so, we, do we do we want to create i don't want people to be uncomfortable but and and at the same time i think a lot of our topics are eye-opening as far as some of the ideas we have but yeah we've got like i i do feel weary about doing some topics especially in the last year mm-hmm. because people are more stressed and and it is a concern it's become a very contentious landscape here in america especially yeah um, and i know in a couple other places in the uh, uh in the world too um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think any, any topic that, that dances along those lines are, are the ones that I get really anxious about that I don't, I think we've, we've shied away from. Um, but you know, who knows, who knows what the, what the future may, may run. I, I think there's, what we keep coming back to is that there's enough topics in, um, game systems mm-hmm. and storytelling styles mm-hmm. and, and such like that, how to handle, you know, horror as a theme or how to handle, you know, uh, uh, uh you know, comedy is a theme. Or yeah. Whatever. Or how to help your players with backgrounds so that they feel like they're part of the story and not just floating around in it. Right. Like I feel there's enough, enough ground to still cover there that we don't have to venture into potentially inflammatory topics, you know, yep. as much as I don't think some of those topics should be inflammatory, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But we'll see how the community rolls things out. Yeah. 
So if you guys are interested in stuff, please make some suggestions. We will definitely put it on a list and consider it. We, Sarah and I review every couple of weeks all of our shows and, and recategorize things. And if you've got suggestions that you really want to get in, like we have a contributor level on Patreon that we definitely uh, go to. But if you if you think you've got something special or you've got a connection for us, DM us. Mm-hmm. Let us know. We we might grab you on that and run with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Don't Don't, you know... Don't hesitate to, 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 to reach out to us on, on Discord, on Twitter, just just DM us if you don't want to, you know, go through the whole rigmarole of joining the joining the Discord and stuff with like that, you know. All right, I'm gonna do this giveaway for this uh, the purple one. Okey doke. All right. Uh, what did I end up with at nine? So that's gonna be let's see. I think I know who that is. Who is it? On the list, I, I is is that our last one? Are you rolling one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Yes. Nine? Okay, so because there's five people who wanted. Yes. Uh, that's I believe that's Sparkle Motion. All right. Well, enjoy the, the aforementioned Sparkle Motion. Well, funny King, that. Congratulations. Awesome. Awesome. Speak of the devil, and they may appear. That's right. Let's let's keep doing that. Uh, Matt Mercer. I like. I would. Yeah. Really yeah. Love there's to funny have... story about Matthew Mercer. Right. <laughs> funny story about absolute treasure Laura Bailey. Yes. Oh God. God. Did she, uh, she I, left the the awards ceremony again to come play? Again? No, did, she no didn't no. She they, this year? They, they they pre-recorded. They okay. pre-recorded the show. So. She just looked really good. <laughs> she always looks really good. She's Laura Bailey. <laughs> That's true. That's true. She's a gem. All I, right. I, I wouldn't be able to have her on the show though. I I would I wouldn't be able to talk. You, we'd have to do it remotely. Yeah. And only voice. So. <laughs> It'd be like, okay, Sarah, did you have any questions for Laura Bailey? <laughs> yeah. They, Sarah had a question last week. Here it is. <laughs> right. All right, so our our last mini dice vault uh, is Celtic Knotwork, um, and this is that uh, the other wood that you were. It's just posted up. It's easier to use. Yep. So some beautiful Celtic Knotwork, and I th- I think the uh, this wood is called Paduk. Yes, I, don't, I think I'm not that's sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly at all. Marmaduke wood, but it, gonna, but it looks yeah. like Paduk. Yeah, it does. Again, it's like that. Uh, it's like the Minecraft mod. I always look at the woods. I'm like, uh, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if you're interested in this one, um, uh, should we make them try and spell Celtic? Um, <laughs> not K N O T. K N O T. K N O T. Not in the live chat. If yes. you are interested in that little keychain dice vault. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Shibijibi. Oh, yes. My wife had a question. I actually really like this question, too. Really good question. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, When it comes to managing personalities at the table, what has been the most difficult situation you've dealt with? How would you advise a new storyteller on dealing with conflicting personalities? It is a good question. Um, If I was going to say... there's been difficult situations that have definitely happened at the table. And I think a lot of it comes down to both the player and the storyteller mm-hmm. working in conjunction. I think bad situations come from players basically um, just getting frustrated and not seeing uh, it as anything other than an, an adversarial situation. Um, I think as a storyteller, you kind of have to always keep in mind that your players are not like you. Um, they're their own people. They're going to have their own stresses and things coming into the story. And you've kind of got to manage that as a host. Mm-hmm. No different than if you're having a party. Like some people are going to come to that party in a great mood. Some people are going to come to that party in a, in a challenge mood. Some of those people are going to come tired. Some of those people are going to have other situations. And not everyone is going to know that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming into it. And you can run some very uh, difficult situations. Um, I can remember some games where there was clearly outside stuff being dropped on the table as the players, as the characters. Yeah. Um, sometimes even between two characters, oh. um, we're, we're using the game as a field of, of, of discussion. Like, like, like Bob and Carol had a beef with one another. And so all of a sudden Thragnor and, uh, uh, and, and the Everlight yeah, had a, had a yeah. problem well, with one another. You know, and, and, and if you thought, uh, you know, passive aggressiveness was bad when people weren't talking about the topic, imagine now they're using characters to talk about the topic in an even more passive way. Oh, goody. <laughs> so. Oh, goody. Yeah. And then, uh, on top of that, you know, some of those games had drinking in them, which never helps the situation oh yeah at all. yeah um alcohol always makes the situation better so 
I would say that when you've got challenges with personalities, some of the best things you can do with the uh, with your players is just be understanding and be able to be the store, be the the official who steps in and goes, hey, hey, hey let's take this down a minute, five more minutes of this or less, or this conversation needs to stop right now. Mm-hmm. Let's just take a step back. You guys are going a little far. This hasn't gone anywhere. Yeah. I know I've gone back and forth with players at your table. Uh, that made it seem like we were in an argument when, in fact, we were just trying to get clarity, and it just never ended. Yeah, because we couldn't yeah. find clarity because of two very different views of the same situation. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically what it is, and it's uh, it's it's challenging. It really is, and as a storyteller, it can be feel very frustrating trying to find the right weight to put against it and, and yeah. put with you. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 very true because like. There's there's a fine line sometimes between um, somebody's personality interfering with the game and that just being them, you mm-hmm. know. And I think the thing you don't want to do is just like you know somebody might have a very vibrant personality. It's not necessarily bad. They're not being mean, but it may just not mesh with somebody else at the table. Yeah. And you don't want to like be like, hey, uh, I know you're very outspoken and opinionated, but can you just not be? Yeah. You know, that's not a relaxing situation for them to come to your table and, and like, be told, essentially, don't be yourself. Right, right. You know? So, as a storyteller, you kind of got to moderate that Mm -hmm. and figure out where that middle ground is. And sometimes the solution is not to take the person who is doing the annoying aside and tell Mm -hmm. them to stop doing the annoying thing. Right. But to take the annoyed person aside and say... Can you show a little more acceptance? This is they're not really doing anything wrong. They're excited. They're excited or maybe they they just view things in a very mm-hmm. mechanical way or a very cinematic way or just some maybe some way that does, that conflicts with the other person. Yeah. And if you can get them to understand and empathize, that can oftentimes resolve things yeah. for you yeah. instead of having to like, okay, well, stop being you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've definitely played games where people have been uh have have definitely had traits that have been grindy for other players mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes those are traits that they just need to be aware of um i know for you it's uh with your misophonia uh phonia uh where if someone's chewing or yep. or eating something or drinking something yep. uh well you've got your headset on you just want to peel the headset off and walk away for wanna, like an hour i want to peel day. my skin off is what i want to do like misophonia is a uh for those of you who don't know the term it's a um, certain noises can set off your fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, it's chewing. Mm-hmm. And especially so if somebody's on comms making chewing noises, like I will literally want, I, literally, and I, not figuratively, literally want to like lash out and punch something or run away or both. So it's, <laughs> there There have been times where people are like, are you muted? Yes, I was chewing. I was trying to be nice. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being muted. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody's been very nice about making that accommodation for me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, it, and again, that's part of it is being able to communicate. You've got to communicate with your storyteller. You've got to communicate with each other mm-hmm. where your limitation sits. And sometimes it's just that day. Um, sometimes it's all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. I think um, so. The, the first part of the question, I don't know if I don't know if we ever answered this though. Which is, uh, is what's what's the most difficult situation of po- personality conflict you've ever dealt with? The most difficult. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I definitely knew somebody was too competitive in a D and D game. Yeah. And that's weird. D&D being competitive is weird to me. Like, where you're competitive with other people in your D&D group. Yeah, I, I think and I, th- I think my personality conflict is the same sort of situation. I, it was, obviously, it wasn't the same game. No. But yeah, um, but yeah I, think, I think it was because we had one player who needed to win, mm-hmm. and everybody else was there for the story. Yeah, like... The uh, one game that I was involved in, uh, there was basically a player who was there to... It was basically trying to loan Wolf everything. Uh And if we didn't follow what he was doing, he just would do it anyways. Like, we we would try and discuss out what we were going to do in the next scene. And he would literally just pass a note to the DM and be like, I'm leaving. 
I just I just take off. Yeah, I, I roll roll a stealth check to see if I can sneak away from the group and go do my own thing. Yeah, yeah, and then or he would just flat out kill people that we weren't supposed to be killing. Mm-hmm. You know, because it it would end whatever storyline was going in this one direction. Um, and that was just it was too much. It was too much of like I have to win. I have to complete all these things and look at how well I'm doing this. And I know your one of yours is the whole like. I'm beating the mechanics of the system, therefore yeah. I'm beating the storyteller. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. precise. You you know exactly the player I'm talking about. I, I remember the situation. Oh, uh, yeah. you remember the situation. Um, and it's uh, so like like Knox in the box and in the live chat is saying it's like there's no Oscars in D and D. There's no gold medals. No Stanley Cup. Chill out. And and you're right, but the the problem is that some people look at it as as just any other game, mm-hmm. right? Like, you play Monopoly, there's win conditions. Exactly. You play Clue, there's win conditions. If you play D&D, there are mechanics you play by. There are situations you will be placed in where, where you will either be successful or not successful. Clearly, the win condition is to be successful always. And the way you do that is by gaming all the numbers and finding the little loopholes and, you know, weird synergies between abilities so that you can always be successful in every situation and never have any conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to be the big damn hero and people tell stories about you because you win the day always. Exactly. Instead of, you know, letting yourself fail every so and then and seeing where the story goes. So, uh, but I, I think... You know, how did I deal with it is the big question there, and I don't I don't know that I did. Um, no, you, you handled it my, as a my storyteller sl- to just walk away from it. My solution was to walk away from it and just never, ever game with that person again. Yeah, I mean, um, that, or just not ba- invite him back to a table. Yeah, so. uh, so, but, but that's mostly because I'm very non-confrontational, and, like, I will turn myself inside out with anxiety, you know, at the idea of even having the conversation of, like, Hey, you're kind of power gaming, can you not, you know? Exactly. So, that's unfortunately that's but that's my foible or, you know, that that's that and and my my thing to deal with, but uh it's not the best way to deal with it, but it was a way to deal with it. How did you uh how did you deal with your situation? I never played with that group again. You just walked away from the table? Yeah. You were a player? I was a player. Okay. I was a player, they were a player and the storyteller kind of liked the fact that they were a lone wolf and was just like, well, they're just, they're playing their character background. I'm like, what? This is literally ruining the game every step of the way. Mm -hmm. You know, like anytime we do something, it was just adding another layer of, of, of of function. And it was like, I I went to three game sessions like that. And then I realized I just wasn't enjoying it. And so I walked away. So, all right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. Yeah, Spar- Sparkle Motion says uh, okay. we we had a plan where everyone could have something to do and do the uh, and do their special. Yeah. And someone decided to just zone out and said to the whole plan and took everyone's teamwork and threw it away. Going, what's the problem? Well, it was a win until you went rogue. Oh, I guess I just wasn't listening and then missed that part. Uh, it was a five-minute discussion. Caring mm-hmm. to listen and allowing others to have some space is very important. I, yes. I absolutely agree with that. All right. Let's get this one done. Ooh. Okay. So this goes out to... Knox. Hey, congratulations, Knox. Knox, you won the Celtic box. All right. So... I, I was unclear as to whether or not he wanted that. Well, there is... All... He only typed it in all caps. That. I want that. Not, not, not. <laughs> tell us tell us how you really feel, Knox. Right, well, congratulations, me... sir. Congratulations. Yes, yes, we, will, yes, yes. we will get that right out to you. All right. Yes, I will be messaging everything. Now, before we run out of time, we do have the final coup de gras box yeah. here. Which is very nice. It is another uh, Tree of Life box. But this is their full-size dice vault. Now, we do have a picture of both the outside and the inside of what this one looks like. Uh, And uh, so that's the exterior. It is the uh, green with gold on black. Uh, And then that's the interior. So it's got its its own rolling surface and dice tray and like a little mini position as well. So it's it's quite nice. so, uh, if you are interested in getting this final giveaway, um, let's call, book. uh, 
book. Good, good example. Let's, let's go call, book. Let's call it book. Um, I'm going to put it in my hands. So you can get a shot. We can get a shot of this uh, off to the one side, so you can kind of get an idea of the size of it. Okay, dunk. Let me figure out how to use my phone here. Okay, that's not a bad picture. All right. Oh, did it go? We'll find out here in a second. Oh, I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it happened. Hold on. Oh, there we go. I'm gonna post it. Yay, technology. Uh, yeah, so it's it's approximately I would say what is that five five inches by three about three three by five yeah like maybe that. a little bit larger maybe just a little bit larger um, but it's a really nice uh, nice book you can hear a, the snap close on the on microphone here like yeah <laughs> so it's yeah. all of these have amazing closures the leather and everything is really nice it's a good quality. Uh, they're they're fantastic pieces. They really are, and mm-hmm. they'd be great for any collection. Embossed foil, so yeah, it's it's really good, really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we kind of ran out of questions here. Um, yeah. We're do in you time. do you have any kind of like final thoughts for the year? Um, or does it does anybody have any last minute questions while we're thinking about the giveaway here? Yeah, I I would say that. Uh, I guess my wish for this next year is I hope that a we're able to get a few interviews in that we've been looking to do. Yeah. Um, that we can uh, expand a little bit and uh, uh, offer a few extra things that we've been thinking about doing. Um, as far as beyond just the podcast itself, um, we've got a few different ideas for that. Um, and and just see each other more. Yeah, yeah, I'd really like that. You know. I think uh, one of the um, consistent grievances with our gaming group is that uh, we all miss each other and we want to game in person. We want to hug each other. We want to yeah. just, just be there close and play you know play a game face-to-face instead of fiddling with technology as much as I've been singing the praises of uh, you know Foundry and, and uh, Dungeon Fog and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, I miss you guys, you know? Yeah, yeah. I miss my group. I miss my friends. I, I I miss hugs. I really miss hugs. I miss knowing everybody's okay physically. But uh, yeah, I hope that comes through this year, and I hope we can uh, can do that. Mm-hmm. Can you make the Ghostbusters in any game you know of? I want a proton pack and a trap. I mean, you can yeah, do it. In Savage World, Savage World's Fate, um, any of the the uh, the the systemless or the the settingless, uh, you know, generic systems. Yeah. Yeah, um, Savage World seems to be really easy to do. Yeah, I, I, like Savage World is the first one that I could think of where you could add it immediately. I think you could play. <laughs> Didn't you guys play the Ghostbusters in? We did. We we <laughs> was it a D and D game or was it your Shadowrun? No, it was a D and D game, but it was uh, it was actually a custom setting. Okay. Um, and uh, we used the tropes of the characters, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. it worked out pretty well. The the DM did not catch it until the very end. So, uh, you could potentially like, I don't, I don't know about a proton pack or something, but you could, you could rig something magically up probably with a couple different interesting character classes in D and D. I would think Shadowrun. You could use the Shadowrun system. Yeah. You know, I was about to say like, but there's no ghosts, but they're totally, no, there's spirits, but there absolutely absolutely is spirits and ghosts and stuff that in, in in Shadowrun, there's all sorts of supernatural stuff in there. So, and it would kind of work in the Johnson setting because it's just, it's mission to mission. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I I think you could you could definitely do something in there. Money's the the key. Um, no, I I could see that. I would love to do it like completely straight laced too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the Johnson comes and hires the hires the group in some shady thing, and he's like, you know, I've got this problem where you know, old uh, old warehouse of ours where some of our old technology is stored is you know come up haunted. There's spirits there that uh, that that, yeah. that you know are angry by you know angered because of whatever reason. Well, I mean, legitimately, then, that's so, a thing. So, so I thought to myself. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> and the <laughs> Ghostbusters. You, know? you guys, of course. <laughs> I didn't even think you were real. I yeah. thought that, that they were just a myth. They're just stories. Well, sir, you've come to the right place. We ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But no, I mean, like, legitimately, you can. You do have spirits in Shadowrun, and you do have to take care of them. So, like, that's a thing. Uh huh. So, I, I think it would be. Uh, I think it would definitely be something you could do. So. Um. Oh yeah, doing oh, ninjas it, and super spies. doing it in Palladium. I think you could do it in Palladium. You could. Oh, you yeah. Palladium. Palladium is uh, the the good thing and the bad thing about Palladium is that it is detailed enough. Yes. <laughs> to find just about any solution there, but yeah, ninjas and super spies could be cool. Yeah, definitely. 
Ninjas and Super Spies could be cool. All right. Let's see if I can give this I'm a just a fangirl. Anytime anybody mentions ninjas and super spies, I have a really good place in my heart for that. Soft place in my heart. All right. Let's see if I can give this one away. Let's go here. What'd you roll? Uh, Six. Okay. One, one second. We are tallying up who won that one. And I had to resort the order because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a straight order. Ninjas and Super Spies. Uh, Knox in the box says he's never heard of that. Um, it's a uh, one of the many sort of generic Palladium settings. Um, it's not really a setting so much as it is a set of rules for a specific type of character, ninjas and or Super Spies. Um, and so oftentimes, like when my groups played back in the day, uh, we would use Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We'd probably play After the Bomb because that was the setting that we liked. Because mm-hmm. um, it allowed your, your mutants didn't have to hide then, basically, because their mutant animals were everywhere. Um, but we also allowed for Heroes Unlimited and Ninjas and Super Spies rules to be included. Uh, the great thing that Ninja Super Spies had was like 41 or something like that different martial arts styles. Yeah. That were all put in there that all had cool little unique tricks to them and styles and whatnot. Um, it, it was a, like, later on when I did 7C, it made me feel a lot like the Sword Schools. It was a lot like the Sword Schools, yeah. yeah. Um, and so you could you could even have, like, um, character archetypes or martial arts masters that knew, like, two or three different martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you could flip between, like, Aikido if you wanted to be super defensive, but then if you needed to tear someone's face off, go into Pao Pat Mei uh, uh, Leopard-style Kung Fu. You know, mm-hmm. um, and just go to town on them. So it was it was kind of neat. It offered some really good flexibility. There was some cool uh, ninja gadgets in there. Mm-hmm. Um, some like bodybuilding exercises you could do. Like that were almost like uh, feats mm-hmm. in in D anD D fifth edition that were like give you extra hit points and you know cool tricks you could do. Like you wouldn't take damage from certain types of maneuvers and whatnot. You know, so yep, it was it was good. It was good. Yep, and obligatory turtle reference. You're you're absolutely correct. Yep. Yep. So, uh, tally goes on this one to Sparkle Motion. Hey, congratulations, Sparkle Motion. We will, uh, we'll get that right over to you. Yeah, we will ship it to you. I know it's a far place to ship it to. <laughs> Either I'll make you pick it up in a parking lot, you know, uh, you know, under, under a street light so nobody notices. Um, we technically have one more thing that we could give away really quick. So, what I'm gonna do is this. We have one more Dicepult here, uh, that we are going to give away, but it is not gonna go out on this. What it's going to go to is we are going to ask people in uh, the general chat uh, next week uh, for the new year, whoever uh, posts uh, on New Year's Eve Jumanji uh, after the new year flips over. So it has to be after January 1st. Uh, If you post Jumanji in the general chat for us, uh, as uh, we will tally you up for this last catapult kit. So that'll be for the people who did not join our live chat tonight, mm-hmm. but want to be part of this. You will get a catapult kit sent to you. We will uh, we will do a drawing based upon that. So, uh, so if you're listening uh, for uh, on uh, after the new year, so on uh, January first, mm-hmm. all you got to do is put Jumanji in the uh, uh, in the general chat, okay. and we will we will pick a winner off of that. Uh, randomly and uh, get this shipped out to you so that you can be part of the giveaways as well. Awesome. Well, so, congratulations to all of our winners. Yeah. So it this wraps up our show. Our next week topic is Tools of the Trades. We'll be bringing some of the stuff that we talked about for Elderwood as well as a few other pieces that we've picked up along the way. Sure. Um, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave, on MixLR, which you might be listening to us live at MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. You can find our Discord link in our Twitter or on our website at StorytellerConclave.com. I want to give a big uh, shout out to our Patreon members, as always: Knox in the Box, Sam, Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion. Thank you so much for supporting us month after month. Thank you we so really much. appreciate that. Uh, if uh, you are listening to a live, uh, you, uh, you heard us on uh, our Arcane Anthems pre-show music. Um, and you can find them at uh, patreon.com slash arcane anthems. We also had some additional music from the Tasha musical concoction that he put together, which included music from Tabletop Music Bazaar, Tabletop RPG Music, and This Is Bardcore. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gee Frog. You can find them at geefrogmusic.weebly.com. Our outro music is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find this at soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. We'd like to thank our families. Vicky, Sean, thank you for 
coming up with all of our crap. All of our friends who play D&D and you, our listeners, we really, really appreciate everything Every this year. Every single one of you. Thank you so much. Have we a happy you. holiday. Good night.